We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host. I'm very excited to have a very special guest and longtime friend that we've known each other for quite some time and to join us today. Her name is Deb. Deb, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jarek. Now we're going to dive into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? You know, Personally, I think it all comes down to kindness. And and I know that's a, a typical thing people say, well, just be kind. We need, you know, do random acts of kindness. To me, kindness is a little bit different. Um, and yes, I believe in random acts of kindness. And, and I agree with what other people say. And in addition, kindness really means to me that when you see a need, and it's right in front of you. Just if, if you have what it takes to handle or fill that need, just do it. So for some people, it might be um, they've got the finances to help out, or it might be they've got the physical strength to help out, or it might be that you have a wealth of wisdom and just a kind word is exactly what the person in front of you um, needs to hear. So to me, I, I think a lot of people go into forced kindness and anything in life that's forced works in the opposite direction of the way it's intended. Mm-hmm. So it's really just being open and available to just help out what's in front of you or who's in front of you. Mm. I love that. And I guess, yeah. and I guess that includes self kindness too. Ah, so. That's important as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think sometimes we get so excited to help everyone else, we forget to look in the mirror and help ourselves. Exactly. And then we deplete ourselves. And when you deplete yourself, you're not available for anyone or anything. So I think, you know, I, I remind myself to make sure that when I'm giving, I'm coming from a place of overflowing, not from a place where I'm going to be depleted. Hmm. Powerful, powerful and true. I, I think figuring out what it takes for each of us um, to, to stay full and stay overflowing is also a, a big question for most people because we, we, there's so many options and there's so many people telling us so many different ways to do it. Um, but I think even finding the thing that works right now because m- something might have worked 10 years ago that doesn't work or, or no longer serves and something might work differently in the future. But figuring out what's the way right now to stay full really powerful exactly exactly and I know personally I struggle with that um, I know that for me 
staying emotionally stable, let's say, or emotionally even, it requires a lot of alone time for me. So I, I, I'm almost to the point on a, you know, that seems like I'm reclusive, but I really require just a lot of time alone so I can recharge. And I've gotten to the point where if I'm on the phone and I start to feel my energy being drained, I just say, hey, I got to hang up. I don't even give a reason. I got to hang up. I got to go. <laughs> because it's so important for me to maintain my own level of energy so that I'm, I can be worth something. Otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm miserable and I'm miserable to, to be around. And um, so that's one of the things I personally work on. Hmm. That's powerful to be able to draw that line and call that space and, and just call it, call it what it is and say, hey, at this point, that's, is, that's it. it. And becoming yeah. comfortable with that conversation. I think that's a lesson it takes people time to learn in life. <laughs> I know. I'm not comfortable people, with it. But, yeah, especially people with big hearts, it's it even anyway. harder. Yeah, I just do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, we've been hearing pieces of things that could be your wow factor, but my next question is what, what do you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you, and what are some of the moments that help shape it? Okay, tell me again, what is a wow factor? What uh, is that? <laughs> just it's it's a good question. I I don't know if there's a specific definition we use, but it's just something that that makes you uniquely you. Something that makes you special in your own mind that when you look at yourself you go, "Wow, you know that is that is me. That is part of my DNA that I don't see a lot of times everywhere else in the world." You know, I don't know what that is. Hmm. Um I hear I hear, it'd be nice to know, um, I hear a lot of input from those around me. And um, I think um, the more I go along, the less I know. Mm. Um, it's funny, it almost brings tears when I think about it, because I feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking for ways, I don't know if this makes sense, to empty myself out, almost to turn myself inside out, um, to shed everything that I know so that I can know it all. And, um, and so what makes me uniquely me is uh, I, I really don't know. I think you just explained it. It, it's, it's, <laughs> I think you just explained it very well. Um, and, and that is very unique, which is shedding all of the things you do know and creating space, like you said, to turn inside out and to, to then experience everything. Um, and the, the ability, and I, I may not be saying this correctly, but the ability to experience everything instead of saying, Oh, I, I know that I've heard that I get it. And, and now you're not yeah. experiencing any longer. You're just, cognitively you know kung fuing it away <laughs> yeah i hear what you're saying and and that's probably it i i feel like everything that we know I, i'm going to talk about myself because it may not be true for you but everything that i know i was taught or i learned by watching and none of it is necessarily true yeah. as a matter of fact most of it isn't true because a few people live in their truth and that's the stuff I just, it doesn't serve any purpose in my life except for holding me back. Mm. 
and this is all the stuff that I, I, I want to come from a different place, um, from a place of that, how can you be empty and overfilled at the same time? But it, I, I believe in opposites. So, um, I'm looking for that place of emptiness to experience all of life almost as a brand new child, looking through brand new eyes where just seeing the color green is like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. And that's how I want to experience life, where everything is new, everything's spectacular, and everything is in its just pure state of magnificence as it is. I love that. I think what's wild is we get so attached to knowing and having certainty that we don't realize how we're missing out on what you're describing right here as, as that wow factor, which is the ability to re-experience things as new, but to experience them, not re-experience, but to first time experience. Um, and I think as a culture, we shun that concept so much. I mean, we call it a disease when someone gets to a state in life where they they lose short-term memory, we call it, and then everything is new each time they experience it. Um, but, but there's deep beauty in that because the ability to find joy in in seemingly the simplest of things and to continuously find deep joy in them each and every time as if they were new is such a beautiful place to be. Wow. Absolutely. I think that's where you find joy is in that innocence. Hmm. You know, you can be happy, but to find that joy really comes in those moments. And uh, I think that's so cool, Jarek. That's yeah. true. It's so true. Yeah. I, I love that. And I'm going to consider that a wow factor. <laughs> so if you <laughs> well, were looking good. for a definition, we've now defined it. <laughs> well, thanks. The ability to experience something new from a new, fresh mm. point of view and a new, fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Here, here's my next question. What's a moment over the years that made you feel incredibly humble? Oh, nature. When I, oh, um, I, I find it in solitude, in nature, when I'm being fully present. I, I've, these moments are, pretty far um, apart, but where I'm humbled to the point I could just about drop to my knees and I'm, um, and it's what it is, is just feeling pure love from just that state of pure love hmm. and uh, feeling showered with it. And uh, it is um, weakening and strengthening at the same time. It's just, um, so I get that in nature and from nature. Hmm. That's powerful. Uh, I, there was an earlier episode where I interviewed someone who just happened to be sitting on the, the same row as me in a flight. Um, we sat down and I turned my head and said, hi. She said, hi. I'm like, want to be on my podcast? <laughs> she, I don't know if she thought she had a choice. But she's like, oh, sure. And I was like, okay. And I retch under the seat in front of me and pulled out two headsets. She's like, oh, now? I was like, why not? We're on a plane for four hours. We might as well get to know each other. <laughs> it's not like she had anywhere to go. Exactly. I was like, what else are you going to do? And and her name was Allison. I think she was episode number two. Uh, and it was a flight from San Fran down to Miami. She's a wonderful row mate, I guess you call it. Uh, same row. And and <laughs> she she had a similar experience. She said her humbleness comes from nature. She talked about an experience where specifically for her, the ocean. 
She says there's such a massive, massive universe of life going on. And she's like, it just humbles me. She's like, it, 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 she just can't even wrap her brain around how much is going on down there. Um, and she describes anything between seeing a whale to a small fish and everything just blows her mind when it comes to the nature that exists under the water. Uh, I think there's something so powerful. I, I have another friend of mine. He, he, he lost his wife through depression and she took her own life and he found deep solitude in nature and it gave him his, his strength back because he, he couldn't go on anymore. He was devastated and torn apart. And, and he said, you know, solitude in nature reminded him of, of the real beauty and strength that he really had within him. And now yeah. he takes that everything he's learned from just sitting outside in nature and he takes it around the world and he shares it with people um, through using extreme cold to show people what they're capable of. But, it, but he found, he found that power, like you said, in solitude in nature, he found that strength and it was the elements reminding him who he really was from the inside out. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, one of these experiences where I'm, I was out, we live, uh, my uh, I we live in two homes and my home in Santa Paula, Southern California, we have a ranch. So we, my husband's an avocado grower and I, I love the land. Um, it's uh, just a very special place for me. And one day I walked out as I usually do. And I, I walked the orchards and I walked to the back of the orchard and it was one of those perfect days where I could feel the sun on my back and a soft breeze on my skin. And I'm noticing all the, the beauty and the colors. And I was just in that fully present state. And sometimes, um, which is one of the things I teach people is just to notice moments of beauty. Sometimes there's going to be a, a moment that just grabs you and you really want to just pause and breathe it in. And out in the back of the orchard, I had one of those moments and I was looking out over the, the orchard I was standing in at that time was very young trees and I could see above them. So I'm looking out at the distance and, um, and I'm looking at the glow from the sun, which was so spectacular. And I melted into that state of uh, humility and pure love and just, you know, with tears flowing and uh, weak knees. And, um, and I looked at everything as if it were already mine. Because you see, we lived on this ranch and my husband was the ranch manager and we didn't own the property yet. And we had we didn't have two sticks to rub together, and um, but I yearned to own it because I knew if the ranch ever sold, we, I wasn't feeling stable. I knew that my you know I would have to move, and it was a place I felt very planted. And so after that moment, I walked home as usual, and I think it was within three days I received a FedEx with a check with enough money to buy the ranch. Hmm. And it was just, I can't tell you how many moments I've had like that in life where miracles have shown up. And, and I think it's in those, um, that the access to all that is, is in those moments of connection when we really can be fully present and in that state of deep, profound gratitude. 
and um, and so there was an added benefit to you know when you said um, what are those what did you ask me about um, humbling moments those humbling moments um, there's an added benefit to that <laughs> so but that's one of my favorite stories because it was really an answer to prayer mm. and it happened as a result of that moment. Mm. Those moments are humbling. You know, when your prayers yeah, are answered, it, it, it's yeah. something I, I posted a video this morning of these two comedian guys who go around and just do pranks and funny, silly stuff. And they had stopped at a gas station to do a prank or a, a funny video. And you know, the, the the lady in front of them had paid for her gas with just pennies. And the guy at the counter was like, that's weird. She just paid with a bunch of pennies. And these two guys were like, huh. And they just went and stopped her and said, hey, uh, here, take this. And she just burst into tears and she goes, like she didn't know what happened, but her, she said, my husband just died a week ago. We're not, we're not like this. We don't ask for anything from anybody. Um, I'm just in a, in a hard spot. And she goes, you know, people say that the universe and God's looking out for you, and I guess they, re- I guess it really is. <laughs> and it's just one of those moments where, <laughs> like, you know, hard spot, interesting moment, um, and then prayers are answered, things show up. It, it, it's it's very very special, very very special. Yeah, you know what what's interesting about that is sometimes the answer to prayer doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look. Mm. You know, I, I've been asking for more freedom. I've been going through this freedom thing for a couple of years now. And, um, and lately I've really been craving more freedom. And one of the ways that showed up for me was uh, a week ago, I had to put my dog down. And, uh, and yet at the same time, experiencing the loss and the grief at the same time, that's actually what was needed to really allow me the freedom that I've been yearning for. And so it's, um, it's amazing. This is, I I had mentioned to you earlier that I'm going through one of these growth stages and this is part of it. You know, sometimes it means uh, going through some of the steps, even though they're not so comfortable, they really move you to your next level, you know, and then um, uh, there was another interesting step that showed up yesterday and it was just, okay, I'm going to put my big girl boots on and I can handle this. I'm just walking through it, leaning into it and um, keeping my mind from complaining about it, keeping mm-hmm. my mind still as much as I can. Mm. I've got moments, but doing the best I can. So, mm. I think, who is it? Garth Brooks that said some of life's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Um, ah. Sometimes it's, it's like you said, it's, it's the opposite of what we think or, or not what we'd imagine it to be. Uh, exactly. And, and I don't think we can ever know that until we're on the other side. <laughs> Because exactly. in the moment, it doesn't feel like an answer to the prayer. <laughs> it feels like that prayer it's got like, really? put on hold and you got kicked down a freaking black hole waiting to be answered. But then, you know, somehow you emerge and you see the light and go, oh, it was a tunnel, oh, not a hole. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's 
what it feels like. Interesting. Here's one. What about an awe-inspiring moment? Talk about a humble moment. What about a moment that left you in a moment of awe? A moment of awe. Something. Um, gosh, my answer is going to be really boring. No. Um, my my answer is beauty because I see to me that's um, and it doesn't matter what it is, but here again it usually is nature, flowers, patterns in nature. Um, uh, there's there's beauty in the simplicity of nature and the purity of it, and um, and it takes my breath away. It's those moments of appreciation, like when I'm walking through the orchard or the grounds on the property where I live here in Cambria, I I see such magnificence that it, I, um, I try to absorb as much of it in through myself as I can, because it is, um, I am just in awe of what I see. Mm. And, um, Boy, I'm sounding pretty simple, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know how you call that boring. It? I call that awesome. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this out there. So my dad has this buddy who bought a painting a long time ago, and he, they live near each other in, in one of the states. And he says, oh, Tony, you got to come over. You got to see this painting. It's amazing. It's, it's the most incredible painting. Uh, I, you know, it's the most incredible thing you'll ever see. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll come over. So he gets in the car, drives over to this guy's house, gets out. He goes, hey, hey, oh, you got to see this thing. He's like, oh, I've been bidding on it. I finally got it. Uh, you know, it was a little bit more than I wanted. It was $40 million, but trust me, it's going to blow your mind when you see it. Trust me, when you see this thing, it's incredible. Dad walks in the room, he looks at it, and he goes, where is it? And he goes, it's that right there. And it's this big orange square. That's it. <laughs> and he stares at it, and he goes, I don't mean to be rude. But I could have painted that for you for 40 million bucks, man. <laughs> it's orange on a square. Like, there's nothing else there. <laughs> and, and he laughed. And he's like, I don't know how, what the, what in the world is this thing? And he started just laughing, cracking up and teasing him. And then he stepped back and he says, you know what? If this guy, this guy's at a different stage of his life financially, he's earned it, he's worked very hard. And he said, if he can find $40 million worth of joy, in a squ orange square, bless his soul. Yeah. And he said, most of us can't find that much joy in all the beauty that's naturally around us all day long. And I think that circumstance is the opposite for you, where you found a way to find deep, deep joy in the natural beauty that surrounds us all day long. That That's a wow factor. I'm gonna add a second wow factor to this conversation. It really is, because so many people walk by flowers every day and don't notice the magnificence that life has created sitting right in front of them. So many people have sunrises and sunsets every day, and they don't ever take time to just observe it, to experience it, to feel it. And I think that's very, yeah. very special. I don't think that's plain or simple at all. I, I think it's something that if more people learned how to practice the art of experiencing deep, deep beauty, uh, people would be living in a very different way every day. They'd experience an entirely different element of life. They'd probably experience yeah. life for once instead of just, yeah. you know, fumbling through the day. Exactly. It's very Thanks, Jared. 
It's very powerful. Here's here's a twist. What's your greatest fear? Oh my God, I got so many of them. <laughs> uh, my the the fear that I've had since forever is the fear of running out. Mm. So, um, the way I was raised. Uh, money replaced love. So in my family, my, my dad was from Europe and um, came here. I don't know if it was during the depression. Um, but there, he had a tremendous fear of not having money because he didn't. And he ended up doing really well, but the fear never left. And I, I took that on and money was used instead of love. So I suppose the true fear, if I were to look at it, would be of running out of love. And yet it feels like the fear is running out of money. Mm. Um, but I also have a fear of running out of anything, whether it's running out of food, which we had, you know, growing up in the Midwest. And um, there was a fear of running out of food at home during the winter. And we'd have to walk to the store and hope the store was open. My mom would send the kids. Um, and so there was, there was, it was, I was just raised around that. So it's just a basic, and then I have a, a fear that probably no one else has is a fear of showers. And, um, I actually figured out where that was from. I had a, an experience. I, I know exactly where I was standing in a hotel room in Tucson. And I had a flash of a memory of dying in a concentration camp. Um, obviously another lifetime ago. And so uh, I explored that and learned more about um having died in a gas chamber because I do, I have this tremendous fear of showers and yes, I do use a shower and I, you know, but I, I still have a fear of it. Um, so I guess those are the two. And I, I even, I have a fear of my personal safety and yet with everything that I know, you know, I know that our personal safety is really managed through our thoughts. And yet I still have that, um, I have that feeling. Mm. So, Lots of yeah, them. yeah, I do. I do. And it's, I mean, it's something that I work through ongoing and yet um, they're still there. They're still there. Mm. So it's just um, part of, part of my thing is what, you know, these are the things that I work on. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has something they work on and, um, and sometimes we ignore what they are and live with them. And I just, sometimes they come up in my face. So I sometimes am very aware. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of working on stuff. I was giving a speech the other day and, and they didn't like the words I used, but I like, they liked the concept, which was, I was teasing them. I'm like, we all suck at something. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, Oh, one lady was like, I will not accept that phrase. I was like, that's okay. Use a different word. 
And I was like, I just think, you know, and, and the truth is if you're willing to suck at it long enough to become okay, then you'll be okay at it. And if you're okay long enough, you'll become good. And if you're good long enough, you'll become great. Uh, you just got to stick it through and stay focused. And, and the, the person I was sharing with, she's like, I will not accept that phrase. It, it, it does not belong in my aura of being. And I'm like, hey, that's totally fine with me. Choose a different word. <laughs> We're all a beginner at something. <laughs> she's like, that's much better. Yeah. I was like, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I suck at a lot of stuff. So yes, I don't there. know. <laughs> Someone asked me on a podcast earlier today, what are you still learning? I was like, everything? I don't everything? know. <laughs> Start anywhere. <Yeah. laughs> we you never know it all. And if you do, you stop learning. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. I said, you know, I'm that kid who sits outside and I understand the aerodynamics of a plane flying. But my brain still explodes every time I see a plane fly by. I'm like, that is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's a part of me that like doesn't know how it works. I totally have studied the math. I get it. It's just my nervous system <laughs> freaks out every time it sees it. It's like, that's not possible. How is thousands of pounds <laughs> floating through the sky with people in a chair up there? <laughs> it's amazing. Um Here's a question. What are you most excited about for the future? Oh, yes. Oh, I promised someone I wouldn't say it. I got to say, I, oh, oh, man. Well, no, it's just. Can you give uh, us a hint? Well, oh, no, I, I just have this uh, belief. It's, you know, I know we can um, cure global poverty in an instant. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have this thing that uh, there is no reason that everyone doesn't have access to clean water and medicine and education and shelter. And um, and we are so close to that. And I'm not talking about sending people to help. And yes, that's needed. That's a separate issue for, for things that are needed right now. But it is in this process of just a, a small handful of people need to awaken and that will ha- happen spontaneously. People will become kind. People will be, be open hearted. People will have the, the access to the knowledge they need to create it and it will happen so quickly. And I just feel like we're on this verge. It's it's where we, we with through awakening we move beyond government. We move beyond controls. We move beyond what we know as life as being real and what reality is because reality isn't real. It's not. It has. It is such a formed, uh, taught. Uh, Thing we believe in and if you've ever experienced something beyond reality then you get a sense that oh that's not what life's really like um and we just need a handful of people to step up and to people are ready to awaken it's it's really time and when we do this and i'm not talking about a huge amount of people it just takes a small amount the world will awaken. Everything will be different. We're ready for this. Hmm. I'm ready for it. I'm just so, I, I'm eager. This is what I'm looking forward to. Hmm. Same here. I think yeah. it, it, it's interesting, that mindset of lack. I was reading a book uh, written by a gentleman who, who has a $165 billion hedge fund that he built from scratch. 
and he has a $17 billion personal net worth. And he was talking about how even the problems he's trying to solve, there's just never enough money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's my, not my, my mouth, my mouth hit the ground <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I know people, I was watching a video yesterday of a young girl who was traveling, who crossed paths with someone in Nepal and just looked at him and said, how could that be? And she decided to make a shift, changed everything, opened up an orphanage, became a mom for many, and now has a house full of the most beautiful little ones that she's taking care of who were parentless before. Is this that young girl that um, I recently saw a video of? Is she like in her early 20s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she's doing phenomenally well. Just she's such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's but not. If, it wasn't about money. It was just no. someone who was willing to care. Someone who was willing, yeah. like you said, to show kindness, to see a need, to know they could fulfill it, and to step up and deliver in that moment. Exactly. The need was in front of her, and she had the ability, and like you said, the caring to step into that and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for her. That's the coolest story. It's special. But I think a lot of yeah. times we get wrapped up when we're so busy working on stuff. We get wrapped up like the hedge fund guy in our story of, <laughs> I mean, to have $17 billion and feel like there's not enough to help is, is quite a quite a wall he's built. <laughs> I know. I don't even know how many zeros that is. It's a lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Like, man, if that guy doesn't feel like he could help, man, we need to work on our psychology. <laughs> you do a lot with those zeros. <laughs> it's crazy. So we're going to switch gears into the second portion of the show. There's only three questions in this portion, um, but this is the, we call it the practical, tangible, tactical, applicable, kind of immediately how-to steps if someone's listening that we're going to share with them. Um, and the first question is, what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? My focus right now, well, animals are a natural kind of a focus for me. I, on the other ranch, I've got sheep and I have dogs. and I, So that's a love of mine. And my passion is on um, helping people find the power within so that they can create the kind of life they want. Mm. And, um, and everybody has the ability to do this. It, the steps are so simple. You don't need me. Uh, sometimes, you know, you don't need a mentor. You don't really, it, it just, people have this all within them. And it's simply to make them aware of maybe what's that first step you can take or um, um, how can you have what it is you've been working towards and moving further away from. And so that's really my passion right now. So, hmm. um, and that's my work. So my passion is my work. I love it. And here's a question. Mm-hmm. What's a key to your success in that, in helping people to find that power within so that they can live the life they want? What, what's a, what's a key to the success in that? A key that I give to people or a key to the way I live or... um, Let's go for both. 
So a key that you use to access that and then a key that you share with them to help them access that. Well, I guess it's the same thing because <laughs> I teach people basically or I show people what I do. And if it's a match for them, um, then then they learn it and take it upon themselves. And probably the one of the things I work on, so admitting that I have fears and I we, we, I'm working on my mind all the time because basically uh, it's, it's my mind that creates my beliefs and my emotions, which creates my reality. And so if I want to change that current reality outside of myself, it's simply a matter of changing how I think. And so the first thing, um, and this is also what I'm working on myself constantly about is inner complaining. So that inner narrative that's going on in my mind, when I, whether I'm complaining that, you know, why can't my husband, why is the glass on the counter? He brings it to the counter. Why can't it make it all the way into the dishwasher? So it is, you know, I, you know, it's either I can have a conversation about it or I can let it go, make it where, you know, where it's not non-issue, not put emotion and start to put a spin on my thoughts. And so it's stopping the inner complaining because I had a heck of a lot of that going on all the time about everything, driving, um, just uh, wrappers in the orchard, bottles, you know, just it doesn't matter what it is, dogs barking. Um, it's really taking charge of my mind. And so um, and it's to me, it started with the inner complaints because they go by unnoticed. We just live in a complaining nature. That would be the, probably the, what was the question, Jarek? What's a key to your success? Ah, it started there. Mm -hmm. It started there. It's powerful. Now, our final question, if we were to leave everyone with one tip, one actionable thing they could do each day to experience more of that personal power from within so they can create the life they want, what would be one tip we could leave them with? I think one tip that would be helpful is something that I, I still use is I discovered one day as I was walking in the orchard, um, there's something about the word yes that creates an enormous opening or an opportunity. It helps put us in the state of acceptance rather than being in resistance where we tend to spend a lot of time. And so what I started to do walking as I was walking in the orchard is just saying yes to whatever I saw. So yes, or yes to anything I felt. So yes to life, yes to love, yes to the color green, yes to a comfortable body, uh, yes to trees, yes to uh, rocks in the road. It was just yes to anything that came to mind. And when I'd run out of things to say yes to, I'd repeat them. And, um, it, what happens is with the yes meditation, it takes your mind off of whatever your mind is busy doing because most of the time we're in completely useless thoughts like a hamster on a wheel. So it refocuses your mind on only really the word yes and being available to life. Very cool. I like that. I like that. I like that. And it's yeah. the practice of ingraining that into your system. I think, and then, like you said, the practice of bringing it about and constantly meditating on it and allowing it to, to guide you. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's powerful. Thanks. 
Thanks, Derek. Well, if people want to learn more about you and what you're up to and where they can find you, where should we send them? That's a good question. I, I am in the process of uh, taking down and shedding my old life. And so I, within probably a few days, my DebraCummings.com website will be redirected to a new site, which really focuses on a simple path to a miraculous life, which mm. is my focus right now. So mm. I think just DebraCummings.com. Well, there we go. We'll make sure to include it in the show notes. So go to the show notes of this episode, click the link. It'll take you directly there. If not, use the Google and type in DebraCummings.com. It'll take you and help you find her. And, and Deb, thank you so much for joining us again. It was a very special episode. I loved it. And there was nothing normal or ordinary about it. It was beautiful, unique, and powerful. Uh, thanks, Derek. I appreciate it. And for everyone tuning in, if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, we believe that sharing is caring. We like caring people around here, so make sure to share. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next episode. 